Test. Good morning. Today is Sunday, September 11th, and you're listening to Sales 60 Live. Today's topic is going to be the B2B sales system review. Uh, if you remember a few episodes ago, uh, or in the beginning, we did uh, the B2B sales system, and we're going to basically break this down and do a, do a review. Um, first, before we get started, I want to take a 15-second uh, moment of silence for the events that happened 15 years ago today. Everybody, you know, um, my, my dad uh, told me one time that there's things that happen in your life that <clears throat> you just you just remember where you were and what you were doing and what uh, and, and everything about it. And I think uh, for me and my generation, this is this is that event. I remember exactly where I was. I remember what I felt and what I. And I think that memory will be with me forever. So I just want to take 15 seconds, do a moment of silence, then we'll get into the episode. All right. Thank you very much. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Sales 60 Live with your host, John Etter. 60 minutes of sales talk starts right now. All right. I want to remind everybody to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe to my channel on Mixler.com. That's M-I-X-L-R.com. I'm available on SoundCloud and iTunes for download. Also, you can download the episode on your um on your smartphone through any kind of podcasting app, iTunes, iTunes has it, uh, or Apple phones have it natively. So do Windows phones, uh, Android phones. You just download Pocket Cast, and you can uh, download the app or the RSS feed there. Share this channel with your family, friends, and colleagues. And if you'd like to suggest a topic for upcoming episodes, email me at sales60live uh, at gmail.com. That's sales60live at gmail.com. Also, check out my quote of the days on Facebook. Every day at 8 a.m., I have a different quote of the day. Um, very inspirational quotes. Uh, they're they're sales oriented. They're life oriented. They're different things, and you know, c- comes from a lot smarter people than myself. So, uh, some some of mine are kind of weaved through throughout um, throughout them. So the, it's it's really good. It's a really good pick me up. You know, for Mondays or uh, Wednesdays to kind of keep pushing forward. Today's quote was: "Great works are performed by not ha- uh, by." I'm sorry. Great works are performed not by strength, but by perseverance. Samuel Johnson. So that's a really, really um, powerful quote from me. And, and it's full with just, you know, really inspirational quotes. Um, and it, it's a good pick me up uh, in the in the beginning of your workday. Like I said, 8 a.m. Also, um, my Facebook is full of useful articles that I source all this material from. And different software that I use in my businesses, uh, Shopify, um, I believe Hootsuite, uh, Sales, Salesforce. I mean, just just different programs that I use to kind of make my professional life a little bit easier. So check that out. Um, wow, there's there's been a lot that's been going on lately. Um, the iPhone Seven just got released. So that I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a huge Apple junkie. If you if you've been listening to me at all <laughs> during these last few um, months, I'm a huge Apple junkie. Uh, love the company, love the products, and the iPhone Seven was uh, released and or announced, should I say? 
So that was cool. I got to watch the WWDC for that. Also, today is the first day of football um, or first Sunday of football. So loving that. Going to watch the Seahawks. We're, we're here local in uh, Washington. It was a, I, I'm, I'm originally from Virginia and uh, was a longtime Redskins fan, kind of like a, a like a family. It was kind of like a family thing to be a Redskins or Green Bay or even Steelers fan. But, you know, moving out here to the Pacific Northwest, it's really hard to be any other fan than the Seahawks out here. They make it really hard, not not just not because of the persecution, but mainly because of uh, the energy. There's just so much energy here for the Seahawks. Um, my brother, again, from Virginia, he came out here to stay with us for a little while and uh, he was, you know, he was staying in North Carolina and then then here. And uh, he was like, man people wear jerseys year round here <laughs> like like uh or um we have a thing called blue friday where everybody wears their jerseys or their seahawk gear friday and you walk in any public place and it is completely seahawked out so uh you know everybody's uh representing and showing uh showing love for the hawks so like i said it's just really hard not to be um fans of the seahawk out here so I, i've made the conversion i've actually got my seahawk hat on now and i'm ready for the game at one o'clock uh, sorry, Dolphins. <laughs> We're going to take it home today. So um, today uh, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, or so I want to go back to the beginning and I uh, I, I want to go back to the beginning just to kind of reinforce some of those points to go over to them in a little bit more detail. I covered them briefly and I always had plans to break it down. So going back to episode three and four, we covered my B2B sales system. Now, and I say my, it's just my interpretation of a sales system that's been around forever and ever and ever. There's been tons of sales systems out there. They're all the same. You know, this is just my um, interpretation of it and how I see it and how I see it should go. So, you know, I'm... Please don't listen to mine and say, well, this is just like this other one. It is. They're, they're all relatively the same. And as long as you can follow one and um, it's kind of like a checklist and making sure that you're you're checking yourself and you're doing the necessary things to be successful, you're going to be good to go. So this is just mine and my interpretation of it. So I'd like to um, first I want to talk about the the five steps. Uh, in the B2B sales system. If you don't know what B2B is, business to business. Uh, some of this information can be translated to business to consumer and B2C, but um, most of this information is going to be directly uh, directed toward a B2B sales system. So uh, the first step is going to be a good introduction. You want to have a good introduction. That's the, that's what we're going to cover today. Uh, we're going to talk about what that actually means um, to me and my system Uh through to, yeah, we're going to talk about that today. The next step is discover internal structure. So finding out who uh, does what in the company. You're not just calling and asking for the decision maker. You're not just calling and asking for the owner. You're calling and asking for everybody in between um, because uh, you don't know who you're going to talk to on a daily basis. The next step is qualifying for the business. Um, asking questions uh, to figure out how to position the product. Fourth step, of course, is position the product or service. And last step is uh, asking for the sale. So over the next few weeks, we're going to examine um, each one of these uh, steps in like a very broken down detail um, and what it means to me, what it means to my steps, different ideas, just just everything. We're, we're going to spend an hour on each one of these um, over the next uh, five weeks starting this week. 
If you want a quick overview, download episode three, download episode four. The titles are B2B sales system. You can find it on my LinkedIn page. You can find it on SoundCloud. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Facebook. Um, there's just so many places to find them. So just uh, go on there and check out the um, uh, steps three and four if you just want a brief overview. If you want to stick with me for all five uh, five weeks um, for the for the in-depth breakdown or maybe just listen to three and four hear you know roughly what it is and then come back and um, and join me for these five weeks so today we're going to uh, talk about like I said the introduction now as I explained before introduction includes the first hi how are you okay but let's look at this in a broader meeting and talk about your company's first introduction to a potential client as a whole. When selling business, uh, when selling business to business, it's hard to create or to generate uh, business off of cold leads. We all know this without any name uh, or branding uh, or brand recognition. It's it's just you know it's it's harder. You know it's um, if if you're if you your name uh, your individual name or your your brand doesn't have that recognition it's going to be harder to convert that customer into a client unless it's something that they're actively looking for right now and this is what advertising is for we pay for ad space on Facebook Google print media uh, val packs you know all sorts of things so we can um, we can uh, generate brand recognition but if you know the prospects are, uh, if you know who your prospects are, and um, that you're going to be reaching out to, it would be a good idea to get in touch with them before you make the apparent introduction. So, what I'm, I took my notes um, on all of this and uh, kind of wrote it all out. And what I realized was there's actually two parts of an introduction. There's the main introduction where, of course, you're saying, "Hey, my name is so and so." That's your that's your introduction, but then there's like a pre-introduction. There's a um, there's a prelude to all of that. You know, just like you you listen to any good album, it has a and I don't want to say any good album, but you listen to a lot of albums, um, and a lot of albums kind of have a prelude, and it's supposed to kind of give you a little taste of what's coming and a little little you know feelers of what's coming out um, and what you're gonna expect to experience from. From the album, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today, mainly. Um, and then the introduction is almost the smallest piece of this. So, in my opinion, uh, it is almost the worst thing when you reach out to a customer and you say, "Hey, my name is John from XYZ Company," and they say, "From where or who?" This means they're not familiar with you. They're not familiar with your brand. Um, which is going to exponentially increase the difficulty of the sale. Um, it's it's a little discouraging too, you know, um, when you feel, especially as a business owner, when you feel that you've made substantial investments into advertising, into marketing, and then you call a prospect and they have no idea who you are. You're like, man, what am I paying all this marketing and advertisement for? So it, it gets it gets a little frustrating and it gets a little demoralizing. Uh, and I know it can do that for your staff as well, especially, and especially if you're a small company, if you're a small company and you're just growing and you're trying to, uh, you're, you're trying to make a name for yourself. It can get a little discouraging when, um, you spend so much money on advertising and you don't see 
the uh, results from that. But you got to get a little creative. So there's actually some steps that I like to do, or I you know consult to other businesses uh, to do before you actually make that call to that prospect uh, uh, or that potential business client um, to earn their business. So, and I'm going to go over each step um, or e- each little thing that I do in detail, give you some whys and whatnot. And, and, you know, you can take all the steps, you can take some of the steps, you can uh, come up with your own steps, but these are some of the steps that I do. So the first thing that I want to uh, do whenever I'm reaching out for a client, especially if it's a bigger client, I want to review their Facebook, social media channels, and build a profile in my CRM. So I'm looking for a lot of things. I'm not just scanning and see what products they sell. That's that's sales 101, okay? Don't go deeper than that. Look for talking points, like upcoming events. If they're going to be having a, a grand opening or if they're going to be having a... Um, uh, if they're going to be having a sale coming up, if they're going to be having or if they're going to have um, like a club come by or or whatever, whatever it is, uh, any kind of upcoming events that you can talk about celebrating with them. Um, another one that another thing that I look for is company milestones, you know, their one year anniversaries, their start dates, their um, expansions on locations, um, things like that. You know, it's. When when I can speak to those things and celebrate those things with the customer, it feels if you know people people are mainly vain um, in a good way, not not in a bad way. Uh, vanity is good and and good and bad, but it's um you you have to celebrate each other's wins and you have to celebrate their your each other's successes. And I know when somebody reaches out to me and says, "Hey, I see that you've done." XYZ and I'm like wow I'm really I'm, thank you for recognizing this accomplishment in, in my life or this accomplishment in my business it makes me feel good inside so if you know a someone trying to prospect me or someone trying to earn my business is is excited for my success and excited for my growth if I feel like they have a more vested interest in my growth and in my success and I want to do business with them more and again I, I keep saying this throughout all the my um all my podcast is you got to be genuine with it. Don't be fake. Don't be um, just celebrating because I'm telling you to celebrate. If it's not in you to do it, you know, work on that. Um, you have to be empathetic. And we talked about that in episode, I believe, five um, or episode two, I believe it was, is the uh, the key components to make up good salespeople. You want to um, celebrate people's wins and uh be be very genuine about it. So, uh, things that are unrelated to their business but important to the decision makers and the owners. So, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at prospecting business, and it'll be a car dealership, and they'll be running a charity for uh, hunger, or they'll be running, or they'll run a charity for uh, cancer, um, or they'll run a. Um, They'll say the the Boy Scouts are doing a car wash. Uh, so that tells me when I see things like that on their social media and Facebook and um, and websites that those things are important to them to promote. So if they're important to them, then it needs to be important to me as well, uh, especially if I'm trying to earn their business. And I need to be able to speak to it um, 
uh, and create talking points from it if, in, with genu- genuine curiosity. So if I see, um, for example, a – let me see. I'm trying to think of one that I thought uh, – let, let, let's say I see one and it's for um, uh, cancer. Uh, it's a, it's a raising money for cancer awareness or, or not cancer awareness, but, uh, care for cancer. And sometimes, well, sometimes, you know, it's very specific forms of cancer. You know, I'll, I'll ask them, it's like, Hey, if you don't mind me asking, why are you, uh, running this? And sometimes a lot of the times there's a personal story or a personal connection to this. They're, they're not just running it for the sake of running it. A lot of, a lot of times you're not going to just give money for the sake of giving money. You, you have a personal story, you have a personal connection. And, you know, knowing those personal connections and knowing those personal stories allows me to be more empathetic, allows me to um, connect with people on a more genuine level, on a more human level. And when I'm positioning my products, I'm able to, or my products or my services, I can take all that into consideration, that all that emotion into consideration and really position from, position my product and services from a friendship uh, or family standpoint rather than a salesperson standpoint. And, and that's what that's what you really want to do. You want to sell everybody like you're selling your mother or like you're selling your brother or like you're selling your best friend uh, because you're going you, you don't want to screw them over. You want to make sure that uh, they get the best product and they get the best service and they get the best experiences um, that that are that are out there. So yeah either way (laughs) um i look for i look at the pictures and depending on what i'm selling i'll look uh look at the pictures pictures for uh products i can position like let's say if i'm selling pos systems i'll try to get a picture of their register and see what their setups are or if i'm selling displays you know I'll, i'll see what what displays that they're using and look for look for solutions um I'll even look for unique things like uh, I remember I pros- or was researching a client. They had a chandelier in their um, in their uh, their their location, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's a beautiful chandelier. Where was that made?" And there was a story behind it, and uh, I was really intrigued with the story. Listen, we talked about the chandelier for a little bit. It was a it was a point of emphasis that they decided to put into their business, and I recognized that. It made me different than the person calling down a sheet um, that didn't care to to uh, prospect. So it's just little things like that that really go a long way with people when you can recognize their their uh, interest and their successes and their um, likes and dislikes. I look for reoccurring people and whether they're tagged with names or not. Uh, Usually some of those people are going to be key decision makers or owners or even the gatekeepers to the decision makers and owners. So knowing those people and having a, uh, a face to kind of put with the name, um, <clears throat> excuse me, especially when you start to contact the, the client a little bit later, you you can kind of, it, it, again, it, it gives a more human feel to it. You know, it's, it's almost like you're, you've sh- you've shaked their hand, you've sh- shook shook their hand before i think that's what you say <laughs> shaken shaken um like, like you've shaked their hand before it's um you you it's a more human experience especially if you can't go into the location if they're three thousand miles away you know it just it just allows a little bit more human contact than a simple email or a simple phone call um when you're allowed to connect i mean that's the whole reason for social media you know i i disabled my social media a few years ago 
and I um yeah it was, it was a little while ago I had a Facebook and then I just you know got obliterated with a bunch of things and I was like man I don't like this I don't I don't really care for this and I disabled it and then you know when I started building up networks and whatnot more I said okay I'm gonna build up my Facebook again and I'm gonna do it in a way that is gonna make it's gonna be profitable it's gonna make sense it's going to allow me to network with more individuals more and to stay in contact with my family so it's um it's very important to um well, let me kind of e either way e you want to um you want to be able to identify those people in the in in those uh social media and and and, and see who 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 they are so uh, another thing that I do, so that was, that was all one that was, you know, really review their social media channels. Oh, and then I'm sorry. And then build a CRM profile. Once you have all that information and all those little notes, put that into your CRM. You got to have a CRM, please, 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 please. If you're prospecting clients, don't just do it on a notepad. Don't just do it from memory. Don't just do it from notes in your phone. Invest into a good CRM program. Um, see, I don't even remember what. Is customer relationship management? I think it is. Um, CRM stand for. Love Google. Imagine a time before Google. Um, customer relationship management. Yeah, it's a customer relationship management software. There's tons of CRMs. Um, I use uh, either Zoho, Gitbase, or Salesforce. Um, and depending on how big your company is and what you're doing and. Um, what you're planning on doing you can use different sales uh crms programs they can get expensive they can get pretty pricey so you know there's different levels if you have if you have any questions about you know the ones that i recommended i can i can point you in the right direction just reach out to me um via email and uh i'll let you know you know just, just tell me what you're looking to accomplish and I'll, I'll point you in the right direction for which one you should get but um they can get pretty pricey you want to keep it you know, pretty, pretty, uh, reasonable for the CRMs. Um, but yeah, so build a good CRM profile. Now, if you're local to the, to the business, I would go in and shop the store. That's another little thing that I do. Um, if I, if they're not local and they offer an online experience, you know, check out, uh, e-commerce experience, I would check that out. This will give you a sense of the experience that they're, uh, that they're trying to create for their customers and allow you to um, see um, who does what within the company. Um, so if you go into the company and you're greeted by the owner, the manager, or the, or the salesperson, or the whoever, 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 you're, you're able to kind of get people's roles. And I wouldn't introduce yourself as, you know, a business prospecting clients unless it actually comes up, you know, and again, I, I stress that it's important not to lie and not to be untrustworthy, um, build, uh, businesses built on trust and, uh, but there's nothing wrong with gathering a little information, you know, pr uh, preemptively. Uh, another thing that I do follow the client on social media channels. This is a big thing, and I've, I've talked about this a ton over the last few few months, is social media is really is really the th I don't want to say the, the new big thing because it's not new, and it's beyond big. It is now a, um, 
what, a, what, how can I say this? It's now a mode of business. It's now, it's now, um, necessary if, if you will. It's, it's, like having an accountant. If you're not engaging on social media, then you're you're backwards. You know, you're working you're working backwards. Go back and to handwritten receipts and go back to like the old till that, you know, keys to buttons and go back before inventory systems because that's how far you are behind if you're not taking advantage of the social media uh channels. And this goes both ways. When when you're reaching out to customers, you want to follow them on uh, social media. It pops up a lot of the time. Social media, uh, or a lot of times on in small businesses, uh, they get if they get a follower and they get excited. They check and see who's following them. They um, they look at the uh, Facebook and Instagram of now offer analytics. Um, this is a really good opportunity to plant implant your name and possibly your brand in their minds. You know, so if you know John Smith follows you it pops up hey john smith follows you and it's just one more like little thing just like here's my name so when i call later or when i contact you later there's that name again there's that name again there's that name again and it, it starts to become like a um almost a subliminal message um but uh you it, it's marketing you know you're you're it's a it's this is all part of your introduction um, so following them on their social media channels, engage with them on social media. Don't just comment for the sake of commenting or clicking the like button, just randomly going down their images and clicking likes. I hate that. I'll go through, uh, I'll go through now if I get a brand new follower and they, and they, um, like, you know, a bunch of things, you know, I don't think it's too weird, but if they go through and they like all my last images for the last year, yeah, that's kind of weird, you know, so don't do that. Uh, Go through, like the photos that you think are are um, worth liking, like the articles that they're sharing that you think are worth sharing. Um, be completely genuine with it. If uh, comment, comment on it, engage with them, talk to them uh, through the through the post. Hey, I felt like this was a good article. Um, do you have any more? Whatever, whatever you want to do, just. Uh, comment genuinely through the article. People can smell fake a mile away, so there's no point in pretending and being, you know, dishonest about it. I'm gonna take a drink of my <laughs> of my drink here. One second. Whew. All right. Um, share posts that you feel are valuable and match your belief systems. Um, it'll pop up every time you you share uh, someone shares your article it comes up in their notifications um so share those articles and they say hey this person share and okay who's this person and then it it causes it's it's almost like an indirect call to action or it's 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 a like a subliminal call to action i can't really explain it but it it causes them to see you again and again and again so um definitely do that if they have a blog that you feel is valuable share the content also comment on it it's it's uh people spend a lot of time on you know building their social media platforms and curating them and making sure that they're good and um it's really important to to show it's, it's showing appreciation uh for and showing uh and recognizing their success and recognizing their uh their content you know, sometimes their social media content can be uh, they they can have just as much passion for their social media content as they do for the product uh, or services that they offer. Um, so it's just really important to 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 do that. Uh, reach out on social media messengers. This is weird. You know, when when this started happening, 
um, in business that I, I, I saw this started happening and I was like, why are they reaching out to me on social media messaging? Like I don't like on Facebook messenger or on Instagram messenger. And I can't, I can't even bring myself to say this, but, uh, they're like <laughs> the, the whole DM thing. It's like, Oh yeah, he was in my DMS. Like I, I even feel old saying that, like it, it, <laughs> I hate that word, but, um, I thought it was irregular. I thought it was very irregular. I thought it was very impersonal. But you know what I realized is as millennials are getting older and opening more businesses, direct messages is becoming or has become their primary source of contact, you know, and through apps. Uh, I was I was talking to somebody not too long ago and I was like, uh, well, just text me X, Y, Z. And they said, um, can I, oh man, I can't even remember the name of the app. Jeez. No, no, this is terrible. Cause there was an app that they had said it's a texting app. Uh, it was like one of the big ones. I can't even remember it. I think it's what's app. I think that's what it is. Um, but they had asked me to message them through that. And I said, well, do you have text messaging? Like, yeah. I said, well, why can't I just text you? He goes, because I don't really use that. I use this. And I was like, okay. So, you know, that's in, in, in my mind, I was like, well, why don't you just, but that that's their primary source of, of um, contact. And I have to, you know, retrain my brain to respect those, those modes of contact. I'm used to handshakes, phone calls, and emails. This next generation is used to DMs, um, Facebook messages, and, uh, texting, you know, it's like, those are, those are the modes of contact, uh, for the newer generation. So, you know, when you reach out to social, um, through social media message messengers, especially to younger businesses. And when I say younger, I mean the, the leadership in the uh, businesses, there's a really high chance that you're going to get some of the key decision makers or owners, because a lot of the times a, uh, the, the owners are, uh, the, uh, decision makers are managing the social media accounts. So this may be a great opportunity to get right to them, uh, right off the bat. Um, additionally, well, not additionally. Alternatively, you can uh, simply d- d- direct message to say hello to the gatekeeper, and you can apply the B two B sales system through messaging uh, just to get a little bit of information. And I find that it's actually pretty easy to apply the B two B sales system through messaging because you have a like a recorded history. The notes are there for you, and then you can copy and paste all of that into the CRM. So it's actually a, a pretty effective uh, way to contact somebody uh, nowadays. It's, it's really weird. Now, of course, I like to always follow that up with a phone call or you know, an in-store visit or whatnot, but it's still a, a pretty effective way, especially when you're talking about contacting a, a lot of clients all at once and just make yourself more, more, uh, more accessible to more clients. So <clears throat> that's reaching out to their social... Uh, to their social media messengers. Next one I like to do after that is a direct email with a general template. Now this is going to sound weird. I, I like to send a cookie cutter 
email template to present myself as a business with a marketing team first. It's like if, if it's just you or if it's just uh, there was actually a really funny commercial. I don't know who it was, but um, I think it was maybe an AT&T commercial or there, it was somebody. Uh, but it had a guy in a garage and he answers the phone. Hi, so and so company. And it, it's just him in his garage, you know, making his product. And uh, the he says after he says, hi, so and so company. And then he pauses and he says, oh, you want to talk to the sales team? Please hold. And then he puts he puts the phone on mute for a second and puts it down, then looks at it. Then he picks it up back up. Hi, so-and-so sales team. How can I help you? <laughs> and I just thought that was really funny uh, because he's, you know, that it's really powerful to make yourself appear bigger than what you are. So when you send a general templated email, something happens in, in in the person's brain saying they're big enough to send the spam out it's it's really weird you know by spamming and by sending uh, a spam like email it adds validity to the company and it gives the perception of a larger company so i like to i like to do that um especially with some smaller companies uh if if, if my companies are smaller uh just to give the perception of a of a bigger company um yeah in your email template it should be heavily branded with your logos, with your colors. You want to instill, you want to burn that image into into their brain. You know, starting from that general template. If you're going to reach out to a company, it might be a good idea to include a uh, a photo of yourself or, or your name, and uh, and or your name. And this is going to, you know, again, just burn that in, image into their brain and burn that name into your brain one more time. So you follow them on Facebook, you've messaged with them. Oh, here, here's this person again. You know, it, it's just, it's just adding repetition. It's, it's marketing, but it's all part of your introduction. The, um, I like to create calls to action, ask them, uh, to visit our site, ask them to visit our Facebook, ask them to visit our customers, testimonials, uh, ask them to call you today, you know, in all these steps, keep in mind, as you're going through these steps, at any point, they could do enough research on their own to reach out to you to uh, ask for the sale, to uh, to shop you, if you will. So if you're doing, like, uh, if you start following them on social media and they say, hey, who's this? And they, they look and say, oh, okay, he's a part of this company oh let me check out this company let me reach out to this guy that that could be that could be a very real thing uh so you want to take you want to use each one of those opportunities as a way to to advertise to them as well as part of your introduction so um that that's what i'd say for that so um the next thing that i like to do and i, I get a lot of pushback on this is i like to send a piece of print mail now, the pushback that I get is like people say print mail is dead. And I don't believe that at all because I, th you know, first of all, the people still get mail all the time. I still get mail all the time. And uh, I think about who actually opens the mail in the business. It's not usually the employees. It's not. It's usually the decision makers or the owners who are fielding all those bills or credit card applications or you've been approved for whatever, whatever, whatever. It's it's usually the those guys that are or those guys or gals that are um, fielding all those mails and kind of thumbing through that. So it's another great way to get in front of them. 
and I like to be, you know, a little tricky with my mail sometimes. It, it depends on the industry and it depends on the business. But you can go a couple different ways. You can either send them something in a uh, envelope without any discerning features uh, that would cause them to have to actually open it. So right there, you're getting engagement. When they're opening that letter, that's engagement. And then depending on how you stylize your letter, letter out, when they open it up, boom, there's your logo, there's your name, there's your photo, and and then the the font gets smaller. It's, uh, you know, well, I'll, I'll go back to what I was thinking about that. Actually, let me write that down before. Um, or you can go with the standard big flyer with a ton of branding calls to action and whatnot. It may get tossed a little bit faster, but it may be pretty cool because, um, it may be pretty cool because uh, it 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 just burns that that image into your brain, and you have to be okay with the the cost of that. You know, the cost to ship it, to print it, to do all of those things, just to burn that image in their brain another another time. Um, I was creating a Black Friday ad one time, and we had done our ads a specific way for for a little while, and I said, uh, okay, for Black Friday, I really want to mirror the the uh, some of the some of the bigger brands you know that are that are out. So I looked at like Best Buy. Uh, I looked at mainly Best Buy. I looked at Target's ads. I looked at Macy's ads. And what I found, and actually, let me pull it up as I'm talking about it because I think I got it right here. Nope. Let's see. I want to pull up the ad because it was a very specific order, and how things worked as far as the ad layout okay so when i was designing the ad for black friday i really i i saw that there was a uh when i had initially designed it it was like the name of the product that was really big then the then the then the original price and then the those the new price and then uh, I think that was all I did. Um, I think that those three things were all I did. And I looked at a bunch of other ads and I said, okay, these guys I, you know, have spent way more money and time and research uh, finding out what works better. So let me, it, it would be insane of me not to learn from them. So I looked at all of them and they all looked the same. They all had the same format. So the first thing that was shown was how much money you're saving. Uh, it said save $30, if you will. Uh, and it had it in a um, average size font in comparison to all, all the other fonts. Then it had the sale price, big. It's about three to four times bigger than all the rest of the font that's that's in that small space for aver- uh, information. Then it had a short description of the product. And I thought that was really interesting because um, it said uh, it, it would say like forty inch TV, or it would say five channel receiver or five point one receiver. It wouldn't give a lot of information. Samsung, Sony, things like that, because the picture associated with it kind of did that already. Uh, so they didn't waste ad space saying what brand it was. So I thought that was really in, in, uh, important. And then below that, it gave um, the regular price in a in a font in a font. That was about one step down from the average size. So uh, let's, let's call it small. Um, so I thought that was really interesting, and that was a pretty common 
design characteristic throughout all the ads that I saw. And I said, okay, let me let me recreate my ad with the same thing in mind. And it changed the ad. It made it look way more professional. Made it look way better. Um, it was it, it the ad popped, and it was one of the best ads that we ever did. Um, and uh, we got we saw a lot a large return from it. And I don't know if it was specifically the ad, but it was very it was very easy to read, and it was very um, aligned with different industries. So. It, you know, it was, um, how can I say this? The, I didn't have to teach people how to read my ad because everybody else had already taught them how to read this type of ad. So I thought it was, it was in line with, you know, retail. Um, so there was a lot of value there. What I say all that to say is when you're doing your print mail and your advertisements, uh, in your, in your email templates, don't try to reinvent the wheel. I mean, if you have a unique idea that you think you can bring to the masses, you know, definitely do that. But if you're looking for a standard ad or a standard way, you know, follow some of the bigger industries out there, learn from them, take notes and create your, your letters, your print mail, your, uh, templates uh your email templates along with their those settings you know it's it's going to give you better engagement results um also with print mail it reinforces your business's validity thinking that okay they they they're big enough to send me a letter and i know anybody can send anybody a letter or anybody can send anybody print mail but i think the perception of somebody you know mass mailing this out is like thousands and thousands of dollars and it's you know, most of the time it's not, especially if you're doing it on a one-on-one basis. So it, it kind of gives that bigger perception of value, uh, to, to the customer or perception of a, a larger company. And, uh, that could be good when you're, you're talking about be, And the reason why you want to be perceived as a larger company is because larger companies usually have, um, more security. Uh, when, when you're talking about partnering with a larger company, they, they have more security that, you know, they're going to be around for a while. You know that they're, they're not scamming or you feel like they're not scamming people, uh, because you know, how did they grow this big? So there's some benefits of being a larger company, um, or being perceived as a larger company. And then, uh, you know, depending on the industry, you want to position yourself as in reality as to what you, what, uh, what the industry kind of wants you to be, whether it's big, small, or somewhere in between. Either way, that's that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> um, direct mail. Uh, the next the, the next thing that I do is uh, a direct email, um, or I direct email a letter asking for permission to contact. So I like to kind of break the mold after I've sent a, a regular email and I've sent a piece of print mail that are like that, that look like something that they would receive from a, you know, fortune 500 company. I like to send like a personal one. So they've seen all this, this business or this corporate type advertisement. Now I'm kind of breaking it down and saying, okay, I'm going to send you something like from a friend kind of thing or from a, from, from a guy, just a guy, you know? Um, and I like to email asking for an appointment. It should be formatted like a, like a short and personal email. Um, pretend, write it like you, like you've known the owner or decision maker for years and you're asking for a lunch meeting. You're not asking for, you know, a, a business sales call. You're, you're asking to hang out. You're asking to them to come to a barbecue. You know, it's, it's, um, uh, 
when you write it from that standpoint, that kind of translates. You know, you you don't write your friends long, in depth paragraphs with 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 imagery and all. It's like, hey man, you want to come over this weekend and grab do a barbecue? Okay, uh, I'll see you at noon. You know, you want to write that write it in that kind of um, from that space, if you will. So, hey, I, I saw your business was reaching out, um, or hey, I saw your business. Uh, really loved what I say, saw. I would like to see if we can earn your business with tomorrow at noon work to talk. You know, something something along that line. Uh, you want to write it from that headspace. Um, so, and by now, you know, by doing all the previous steps, you may already know who the decision makers are through your research, and you can send the email directly to them or send it to their generic email with their name as the the uh person of contact you know or the uh what is that called um attention yeah the you can send it to to their attention the last thing uh i do in the introductory is of course the phone call you know the phone call is really the last piece of the puzzle that that i'll do i will after the phone call depending if i land the business or not right off the top I will repeat some of the steps. You know, if I if I don't land the business right away, I'll repeat the email, the corporate email blast. I'll re- repeat some of the uh, the mail blast, uh, things like that. So, um, but with the phone call now, now you've done all that. You you've done all this this kind of inception uh, introduction kind of <laughs> marketing, um, and between your introduction introductory reach outs or your pre-introductory reach outs uh, and your advertising when you call and say hi this is John Smith from XYZ company now they should say oh okay yeah I think I've seen you guys or it should be they should they should respond with a similar energy because it's not who what what when huh it's not any of those things so uh, they, they, they should have a point of reference of who you are what you do, what your company is, um, and what your purpose is for calling. And it's okay if they don't, okay? If, if they don't have those that information and if it's still who and what and where and why and how, it's okay. That, that doesn't mean that what you're doing is bad. That means that you have some work to do to become more effective at your pre-introduction. And... Um, if they didn't recognize you or your brand, it's important to identify your shortcomings. Um, add a few questions of interest to your qualifying questions, uh, like, "Hey, when you uh, when looking for your business, I came across XYZ article on Facebook and left the comment. I got a reply. Uh, who handles your Who normally handles your social media engagement?" This will let you know if it's the decision makers or if they've hired or if they've uh, outsourced that. So you can see if that's an a and uh, and if you are finding in your industry that is commonly outsourced, maybe that's not the thing that you focus heavily on. Um, so this will help you, you know, mold your tactics a little bit better. Or something like we uh, we sent you a letter a little bit ago. Mind you, I say we because. That was that's the corporate letter that we sent out. We sent you an email. We sent you, or I'm sorry, we sent you a letter. We sent you a flyer a little bit ago. Did you happen to get it? And if not, who fields your mail that comes into your company? Again, now you're finding if they have a secretary, and this is all a part of kind of 
discovering the internal structure that we'll talk about later. Again, if you want to go over that briefly, episode three and four have have that information. But we're going to be talking about that next next week of discovering internal structure. But uh, <clears throat> uh, it, it just gives you a better understanding of the company and how effective the marketing is. Again, if you if you've done this three or four times uh, or even 10 or 20 times and you find that you're getting a common answer throughout and that piece of information or that piece of uh, pre-introduction is not getting to the, de- the decision makers, you may look at wanting to refine your tactics a little bit uh, or saying something like, I sent you an email asking for an appointment. Did you happen to get that email? Now you know if your email is going to spam, you know if uh, if somebody is kind of fielding the emails as well, gives you all that information. So it's, it's all really, really good information to have um, because we, we talked about this before. You got to be able to measure pretty much everything that you do in business, and uh, measuring only makes you better. It, it improves your processes before or later on. There's been so many times where I've heard in business, "Oh yeah, I tried that idea and it didn't work, so I stopped doing it." Well, did the idea not work, or did a piece of the idea not work? Did if you change this, will the idea work? If you change that, will the idea work? Is it? A part of a better idea it's is it a completely crappy idea did you see any kind of seo or um roi roi off of the idea like and it, it, it it's crazy when business owners and and management scrap ideas completely because it didn't yield an incredible results you know right from the beginning so um you know keep in mind measure measure everything that you're doing including your introductory piece um, and also don't ask them those questions like back to back that, that sounds weird and, and prying if you will. Uh, this is to help you. Yeah, they, it would, it would just sound weird. <laughs> um, but with all that information and a, and, 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 uh, the initial call and, uh, the introduction, you have a strong CR, CRM profile that's full of useful information that you can validate through the gatekeeper or the decision maker. You are able to match people's names and faces to your social media um, uh, and website probing. You are able to direct your questions appropriately to the right people. You know, you've kind of already done your research through your pre-introductions. Um, so it's it's really good there. The Your verbal introduction should hit a few points. Uh, and we, we talk about this pretty heavily in episode three, I believe. Um you want to be slow. You want to be slower than you think. Let's put it that way. And you want to be fluid. Your introduction. Well, I'll, I'll go over all the points here. Uh, you want to have good dictation and clarity. You want to have your name, the company, uh, and the, your name and the company you're representing. You want the tone to be filled with the energy matching the situation. And you want uh, you want to convey your intentions uh, for the conversation, and you want to be short. Okay, so that's a lot to consider when you're when you're putting together your introductions. I I say you have to practice introductions. Introductions are not something that you're more than likely going to be good at right from the beginning. A lot of people can't nail a good introduction you know, their first hundred times, it, it's going to take practice and it's going to take, um, time to build up a good quality introduction and, uh, transition that into the rest of the, uh, into the rest of the, uh, 
sales call. So when I, one, one thing that I, I tell people, especially on the phone, you have to be slower than you think. When you're introducing yourself, especially in a cold call scenario, you don't always know what the person's situation is in. Think about it. How often are you actually sitting down at a desk or at, in a chair or somewhere and you're waiting for your cell phone to call or your, your business line to call uh, or to ring uh, and you're wanting a salesperson to, to call you and talk about some product or service that you may or may not need? The answer is never. You, you're never in that scenario. Or you're never in that space where you just have that ample amount of time to sit down and hear somebody's jargon. So when you're calling and you're interrupting their space and their time and, and, and their situation, uh, you have to keep those things in mind when you start blabbing about you. Hey, this is John. I'm calling for And you're like, what? I, I don't get what you're saying. I'm... I'm I'm doing something else right now. Why would you call and just put all that on me? Um, respect their time and give them the opportunity to process the situation that you're asking them to step into, whether that be a buying situation, a information gathering situation, a uh, information giving situation, or anything else. Either way, just recognize that it was a situation that they were not prepped for more than likely, and they need to actually process. Um, the... And what I mean by process is they uh, went, okay, so going back to the introduction, let me let me just kind of rewind here. Going back to the introduction, slow and fluid. Hi, my name is John. I'm calling from XYZ Company. I'm calling today to talk to you about XYZ. You want to put those pauses in there. You want to put that good slow cadence in there because they need time to break away from the tasks that they are doing in order to hear and understand you. If not, you're going to get the, huh, who, where, from what, what is this regarding? What is this about? You know, and now they're, they're kind of on the defensive stage. You want to walk them through into this and, and almost ask permission to be, to, to, uh, put them into the scenario that you're looking to put them into. So it's, a. Uh, those those are the components of a good quality introduction. Um, well, actually, I kind of want to go over the, the clarity and dictation are really important. You don't want to say uh, you don't want to speak mumbles or you don't want to slur your words together. Hit it like I, I hate salespeople that do that where they they just come at you too fast and too too much and it, it comes from they don't mean to do it i don't think all the time it comes from repetition you know as a salesperson you get repetitive and you say the same things over and over and over and over and over and over and over again so you kind of want to get it out as fast as possible but you gotta you gotta remember that person's never heard it before so you have to take each person like they've never heard what you're about to say to them uh before because they haven't um, and you have to keep that in mind in the beginning of any sales call. The uh, the the name, your company name, and uh, your name and the company name is really important to to convey. That's branding. It's branding for yourself. It's branding for the company. Uh, just in case you don't uh, get the decision maker, owner, whoever, you're 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 building your brand in right right there from the beginning. Uh, the energy, and I'm gonna take a drink here because I wanna talk about this for a second 
um, your energy has to match the situation. If you're on a phone call and you're calling a dentist office, you don't want to call and say, hey, this is John and I'm calling from, you know, that's that's just too much energy. It doesn't match the situation. You may feel that energy. You may want to convey that energy, but that's too much energy for the situation. You may want to take it up a little bit. So if they call and say, hello, hey, this is John, you know, just a little bit more energy than what they're to, to kind of bring them up. If you're in a nightclub and uh, or at a bar and you're trying to sell somebody there, then it may be okay to come with an energy similar to that first thing. Hey, this is John and I'm calling from, you know, or I'm, I'm you know, it, it's, it may be okay to have that kind of energy. So it's very important that you match the scenario of the energy that's that the situation allows. If you're on a phone call, it's usually never good to yell in somebody's ear. If you're in person, it may be great to run up and shake their hand and, and, and push that energy on them. Um, if uh, you, you have to gauge their kind of mood kind of going – up to them. I mean, there's a there's a there's a million things that we could talk about into the psychology of that or or whatnot, but it just comes from a good feeling and a good understanding of the situation and attack and uh, matching or slightly exceeding the expectations of the energy uh, at in the current situation. Uh, conveying your intentions is really important. Um, people don't like to have their time wasted. People don't like to feel like they're being tricked or conned or sold, even if you will. Um, people don't like to be sold. They they like to know the kind of situation that you're asking them to step into. They like for you to respect their time and their space um, and their situation. So if you convey your intentions right from the beginning, it's it sets up for a better. Um, it sets yourself up for success. So hey, my, hi, my name is John. I'm calling from XYZ company. I'm calling today to see if we could talk about XYZ. The goal is I want to earn your business in XYZ. You know, that's you you want to you want to say it in kind of like that cadence, just nice, slow, fluid, clear, uh, with good dictation and short. Allow them an opportunity to speak, allow them an opportunity to uh, introduce themselves, allow them uh, you know, al allow the conversation to happen as naturally and fluid as possible. So that is the B2B sales system review for introduction. Next week, we're going to be talking about step two, discovering the internal structure. Got a lot of stuff to cover there. Um, and like I said, if you want a quick reminder, uh, download episode three and four, and that'll give you all five steps and a brief overview. I want to remind everybody to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, subscribe to my channel on Mixler.com. That's M-I-X-L-R.com. SoundCloud and iTunes available for download. Uh, also available on LinkedIn. Uh, check me out, Jonathan Etter uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, say hi. <laughs> I'm just building that channel up uh, pretty lately. LinkedIn's really cool. I like it. Uh, download this episode on your smartphone through uh, podcast app. If you don't have 
if you don't know how to do podcasts, you can Google it. There's tons of things about it. But go on my, um, from your smartphone, go on my Facebook. There's an RSS feed there. You should be able to tap in right through there. Uh, share this channel with your friend, uh, your friends, your friends, family, and colleagues. And if you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, please email me at sales60live at gmail.com. That's sales60live at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, have a great weekend. Have a great sales week, and happy selling.